Welcome to Tracklisting, the podcast where a musician, a comedian, and a painter review old albums for some reason. This is Nick. This is Chris. And this is Caleb. And this week, I believe we have a pick from Nick. I do have a pick for us this week, guys. This is not an old album. This <gasps> is a newer soundtrack. What? This is the do soundtrack that? to Call Me By Your Name. Hey! All right. It's a good one. And uh, this was not a soundtrack I owned, but it is a soundtrack that uh, I feel like it'd be kind of silly to like, you know, decide if someone owned this because of how recently it came out. But mm-hmm. it, I had it on a, uh, a saved playlist that I listened to pretty regularly. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. This is a movie that <laughs> I definitely, I was like not that interested in because it was like an Oscar season film. And then it came out and I... I watched it, it was on HBO or something, kind of like, and was blown away by how much I liked it. So uh, I'm excited to do this. Yeah. Um, 2017, we should say. 2017. Because, does everybody remember that? <laughs> the before times. <laughs> yeah. You guys want to dive into track one? Let's do, do it. it. Up first, we've got John Adams with Hallelujah Junction, First Movement. Chris, much to your delight, I think the soundtrack plays mostly in chronological order. Oh, my favorite. Uh, Right over the title credits. Take note, movie (laughs) soundtracks. Music suits. uh, We have a few songs that are repeated throughout the movie. I think this is repeated the most. I think that this Mm -hmm. is a little bit of a motif going through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Leonard Cohen's song, right? Am I right about that? Leonard Cohen. <laughs> the hallelujah joke. Uh, <laughs> John Adams, uh, American composer. This mm-hmm. is uh, a piece he wrote for two pianos. And he the title is an area of Northern California that's by the Nevada border uh, called Hallelujah Junction. Oh, yeah. And he thought that would just make a great title for something <laughs> and like wrote a piece around just what he thought was a cool name. And uh, I remember when I saw the movie, uh, I really liked that you know, that piano, but I don't know if I really registered that it was two pianos when I saw the movie. So I like, you know, tried to learn it at one point and was just immediately frustrated. (laughs) It's like, I'm going to need someone else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Timothy Chalamet learned to play. uh, This was playing in the opening credits. And again, as Caleb said, repeated throughout the the movie, but uh, he learned to play this and a lot of other classical pieces for the movie. Not CG. Not CGI. CGI. Yeah, Yeah, not CGI. There was some CGI in this movie. We'll talk about it later. I don't know if you guys the did apricot. your research. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John Adams. This is what the second president is that? Uh, that's, right. that's correct. His middle name is uh, Coolidge as well, which is like mm-hmm. just makes it even more presidential. <laughs> I'm going to be making a lot of like uh, Wikipedia jokes this this episode because I'm not, I'm not great on like the classical music. But yeah, this is a good song, I, yeah. and uh, there are a lot of classical pieces that, to my dumb ear, kind of mixed together within the film in like a good way but uh in rewatching it this is unless i'm mistaken this is kind of the overriding motif of a lot of the i mean for sure 
a lot of the music we'll talk about is is used diegetically where it's music that's happening inside the world Mm -hmm. besides i think maybe this song and then there's some contemporary pieces but uh Mm -hmm. a lot of the other stuff is period pieces so Mm -hmm. 1983 is when this movie set 1983 northern italy so what a time to be alive what a time to be i was probably the only one alive right that's correct (laughs) that is correct I remember all this shit, you guys. Yeah, I was going to say. I'll, 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 I'll fill you in as we go. <laughs> Let's get into track two. Let's do it. Ryuchi Sakamoto with May in the Backyard. So this is original for the film, right? I think Raichi did a few tracks on here. We've talked about him before. He's a member of Yellow Magic Orchestra, along with uh, Harumi Hosono. With Harumi! Who we love. My man! We love them both. This guy, uh, uh, Ryochi, he had a solo record called like, um, it's like 100 Daggers or something. I can't remember. It's also really good from like the 80s. And it's... uh, I think it inspired a lot of video game music from our youth. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of like kind of uh, familiar melodies mm-hmm. in this kind of jazzy, disco, weird, new wave. Uh, this guy's awesome. Yeah, Ryuichi is uh, he's one of my favorites. It, you know, heavy piano stuff, obviously. But um, he's in another movie, uh, which he stars uh, alongside David Bowie. Um, that's also a, has, a, you know, homosexual motifs. Mm-hmm. And it's called Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. Oh, yeah. His piece for that is one of the best. Oh, my God. It's it's an incredible, incredible piece. And the movie's okay. Wait, he's in the movie? He's in the movie. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's about, um, I think, Australian troops or British troops. I believe it's Australian, but they're in a, like a Japanese uh, war prison during World War II. And David Bowie has like, like, there's just a lot of like, a lot of staring of like David Bowie. And like, <laughs> there's a part where like, um, you know, Ryuichi, who's like the, uh, the main, not general or something, but anyway, he's like running the, the prison camp and they're very hard on the, the troops, you mm-hmm. know? And, uh, like, yeah, David Bowie intervenes at one point and like kisses him, does like the on each cheek and it like totally like fucks with Ryuichi's brain in the movie. He's like, what does this mean? <laughs> so, like, the rest of the movie is like him, like trying to figure out like, why do I have these feelings about David Bowie? He's just like, you know, sexy prisoner. Of uh, war. We've all had those feelings about David Bowie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Sakamoto. Oh, go ahead. I, uh, in my, my old job, David Bowie visited my old work. This was like, a probably 10 years ago or something. And uh, he came through and I was like, it's one of the few times I've been kind of starstruck, but I was like fine for most of it. I was like, just kind of like, okay, this is good. You know, I was like moving stuff around. And then uh, for a split second, our like eyes met and he has the Bowie eyes, which was one eye is <laughs> just ter- terrifying, permanently uh, dilated. So yeah. he has like a dark eye and a light eye. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I lost my shit for a little bit. So I, I know how this guy, I know how he felt that, uh, that poor Japanese uh, guard, prison guard. There's a good Sakamoto documentary called Coda that came out a few years ago that I still need to see, yeah. but he was in the news uh, around that same time. Do you guys know about this like restaurant story? With him? No. no. Wait, what? So, like, Sakamoto, 
is a big fan of this restaurant uh, called Kajitsu that's in Murray Hill. Okay. And he'd been going there for a long time, and he was really dissatisfied with the music that they were playing. <laughs> and he's basically normally like, if I don't like the music and I'm out somewhere, I'll just leave. But I really like this place. I come here all the time. So he went home and wrote an email to the owner, Mr. Odo. And I have a snippet of the email. <laughs> This is uh, Ryuchi to Mr. Odo. He said, I love your food. I respect you. And I love this restaurant, but I hate the music. Who chose this? Whose decision of mixing this terrible roundup? Let me do it. Because your food is as good as the beauty of Katsura Riku. But the music in your restaurant is like Trump Tower. (laughs) So then he, uh, you can uh, follow the Spotify uh, playlist that he made for Kajitsu. It's just called the Kajitsu playlist. And it's... uh, a bunch of Aphex Twin <laughs> and Nicholas Jar and uh, John Cage. What? One O Tricks Point Never. Oh, and, so uh, this is all terrible music to eat to. But I like think Sakamoto's <laughs> the best, man. I had no idea we were going to have so many Sakamoto stories. Dude, that'd be so crazy if he just had the shittiest taste in music ever. <laughs> <laughs> Huey oh, Lewis. Slipknot. Slipknot. <laughs> Everyone wants to hear Slipknot. Amy Grant. <laughs> Apparently the restaurant was playing a bunch of like uh, Brazilian music that he was complaining about. What? He's like, he's oh, like, he's like, I love Brazilian music, but this is complete garbage. Oh, wow. So here's some Aphex twin for the uh, <laughs> diners out there. <laughs> Pretty insane. All right, Nikki, what do we have next? Let's get into track number three. This is Laura Donna Berté with J'adore Venice. Donna Berté, this, uh, she's an Italian uh, singer, and this song uh, probably came out around the same time as the movie is taking place, around 1983. So this is music that they, you know, would have been popular at the time. Mm-hmm. I believe, on rewatch, I think I heard this when uh, they're like, this is when Army Hammer, we should talk about a hot piece of ass Army Hammer. <laughs> Rolling into the American, rolling into Northern Italy. The yes. worst house guest. <laughs> <laughs> Arrogant. Says later? It's very Come on. Uh, they roll into, this is when they find out he's been playing poker yeah, uh, yeah. with the locals. He goes to the local bar. And, and this like, is, I think, playing. Fellas. Yeah. It's like, hey. Everybody's like, what? Uh, but this, I think this is just like rolling over the, like there's some sort of little speaker and it's like the radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, it's funny. I think if I were Italian, I would probably be uh, hating this song. But uh, having to just be something I hadn't heard before, I'm like, yeah, this is good. Yeah. This is all right. I, I don't know if I would mess with Laura Donna. She is a tough-looking Italian woman <laughs> nice. with bright blue hair. Ooh. Yeah. But yeah, pretty fierce. She, like, Is this like Italo disco runoff sort of stuff, you think? Uh, I think this is like Italo 80s pop. Yeah. There's like a lot of that where... Um, I'm not even sure what the corollary would be. Kind of in the ways that 
this is like a little ballady, so it's probably a throwback to what was ever happening like in the seventies in Italy mm-hmm. with just some instrumentation turned up. This is like kind of like the maybe the Don Henley. Or like everyone wanted to kind of sound like chic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or even I would you know, maybe even like kind of uh some of Elton John's like eighties stuff where it's like the song the song structures it's not like a dance song really it's it's you know like a 70s song but just updated for the 80s i i want to talk a little bit about the style of the film mm-hmm. i remember somebody it made a big impression on me this was like years ago somebody was talking about the movie chinatown yeah uh which is a movie set in the 30s but it was made in the 70s and then uh somebody was talking about how the movie it's like a 70s version of 30s uh fashion where it's all like wide lapels and like big, big ties. So it like watching it now, it seems really bizarre because you're like, wait, when is this set? Like there's never been a time when everybody dressed this way. And in watching this movie, I kind of feel like it works really well and that everybody it's like set in the eighties and everybody's kind of dressed like the eighties, but everybody looks good. Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit, I think it's a very now version of what 80s would be even in northern italy i don't think people would look that good to our eyes now everyone's making some great fashion choices yeah (laughs) it's It's like like, sure it's like the polo shirts and like but it's like everybody everybody looks too good yeah a lot of braided belts i noticed (laughs) kelsey pointed out she's like another braided belt bracelets oh the dad the dad was all over those belts the the chucks oh man everybody looks so good (laughs) in this it's great You guys want to hear some of track four? Please. This is Bandolero with Paris Latino. Yeah, Bandolero. Yeah. This is, first of all, a great song. Secondly, uh, this is very, I would say probably aping like early Madonna. It's a very American sound and uh, very unsuccessively, uh, you know, synthesizing American hip hop. <laughs> I mean, there was, it was that period, like the first period where hip hop was being included in pop songs in America. Yeah. To like, um, I would say to mix success, but it was all pretty much failure. You know, it was like the early uh, like Blondie song. Blondie. <laughs> like, get in the car, Mars, go to Mars, Mars bars and the candy bars. You're like, oh, I can do that. I even remember, I think it was an early Madonna song. I want to say, is it Holiday? There was some song and they there was like an extended version. It had some, it could have been even the same guys, but there was some European rappers on it. And it was like real cringy. And this is fucking real cringy when it gets to the hip hop parts. Well, there, there's some like um, like Scandinavian guys that took like we are going on a summer holiday, and then yeah, 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 yeah. that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this this song, I had to pick a chunk that highlighted the really good parts, and it's like I'm not mad at the hip hop parts, but they're bad. You got to give us the taste of the hip hop. <laughs> <You gotta. laughs> yeah. This is, I should say, a French band. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie it takes place in northern Italy, but most of the characters are French or French American, or I don't know. It's like yeah. 
little bit of a hybrid just, situation. Yeah. Yeah. Generic European. Everyone mm-hmm. can speak nine languages. Just a and bunch stuff. of beautiful people yeah. in paradise. <laughs> Gordon. Nineteen eighty three was a great year in uh, northern Italy. Yeah. Uh, this song came out that same year, and so it would make sense that they were hearing it, you know, while they're this is while they're playing volleyball. Yeah, this is the just volleyball. like you know <laughs> the, the, t- in the tension in these some of these moments between Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Or um This is Oliver and um Elio. 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 I will say, I'll go out on a limb and say that this is the second sexiest volleyball scene ever put on film. It's a, uh, besides Top Gun? Yeah, besides Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Close number three would be uh, that cult documentary. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. The Vow. The Vow. Oh, no. oh man. No, that's, no. <laughs> that's number one. That's number one. Oh, track five. Vanguard. We'll track talk. five. <laughs> Frank Glazer. <laughs> Sonatine Bureaucratique. Very nice. Thank you, uh, Frank Glazer, for your um, cover of a uh, song by Eric Satie. Mm-hmm. That's very nice. What is uh, what is the filmmaker's name, the director? It's Luca Guadagnino. I remember uh, reading that he was hired originally. Um, I think they wanted him to direct, but he was like too busy. Or This is a project. It was, it was a novel first, and so it was in the works for a long time. But um, they hired him as a location scout originally. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, <laughs> He uh, pretty hilariously decided on his, like, the town that he lived in. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, like, his style of filmmaking <laughs> yeah. from what I've gathered. It's, like, he'll, when he gets a crew together and the actors, he'll, like, invite everyone to, like, come stay with him in Italy and, like, cook for them and be like, welcome to Italy. Like, let's make a movie. <laughs> Which is kind of amazing. It's, I don't know if I'm crazy about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Go on. Um, I was reading up on some of the, you know, the, how to, how this movie got made and stuff. And like, I think he had, he had decided, he was like, oh, Ar- Army Hammer. When I saw the Facebook movie, social network, I was like, that guy's gorgeous. I want him in a movie. And then like Timothy Chalamet, he saw like years before and he was like, I'm going to put him in a movie and then like found the right project for him and this sort of thing. But, uh, when he was asking them to, uh, to rehearse, he was like, all right, you two guys just, uh, just go at it in the uh in the grass here and they're like okay and he was like you know and they started you know making out or whatever and he was like now do it passionately <laughs> and they're like okay jeez hey you know and, uh, um and then uh Uh-oh. they they got into it and apparently he uh walked away and he was like you know they looked up and they realized he had like just walked <laughs> away and they're like hey man like <laughs> some weird mind fuckery oh, no. but uh yeah i i should say i love this movie and the setting is amazing. I think it is hilarious that I think that originally the film took place in a different part of Italy or the story, I should say. And then uh, the there was like the last part where they go on a trip, I think was originally they went to Rome or something and they changed it to like a smaller part of I don't, I don't know where they go. Some offshoot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as like um, going outdoors porn, 
Oh man, this is this movie. I really want to move <laughs> and retire in Northern Italy after oh seeing God. this movie. It's it looks amazing. Yeah, for like outdoor outdoor porn life. I'm I'm so in love with this movie. And like the know. groundskeepers that they have, like on their property yeah. too. It's like someone like brings in fresh fish okay. every day. There's also like a bicycle repairman <laughs> <laughs> on duty. Apricots. Oh my yeah, god. Apricot trees. Notoriously hard to grow. Are they? <laughs> I don't know. I don't really like swimming in like lakes and stuff and rivers. Oh, come on. No, come on. I, 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 I didn't buy it. I didn't like it. You know, the, the jet skis bugs. were yeah. too fast. <laughs> oh, man. The part where they just roll up on that random house, they're like, uh, let's just ask this old lady for water. Yeah. That's, like the a, dream. that's the dream. Stole some olives from her. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like a big a, poster of uh, Mussolini. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, that's yeah. it. And that was a big day. <laughs> All right, Nikki, What do we get next? Let's get into track six. This is Alicio Bax with Zion Ort die Vakta Singen. Thank you, Alicia Box. That uh, song was originally composed by our, our dear old friend, Johann Sebastian Bach. Mm, yeah, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. <laughs> There's that uh, hilarious scene in the movie where Timothy Chalamet is like playing guitar outside. Yeah. And um, he's playing like, a, you know, kind of like a basic version. Maybe it's, is it it's this track? Capriccio and B flat major is the one okay. he was playing. Yeah. And then <laughs> Army Hammer is like, uh, you know, he invites Army Hammer inside and he starts playing it on the piano and he's like, uh, you're playing it different. Yeah. Play it like you played it outside. He's like, I'm playing it like if uh, if Litz played. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh, play it again. <laughs> and he's like, well, now I'm playing it like uh, if Ravel played it like Litz played it. Yeah, there, there were parts of this movie I was like, this is ego yodeling. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone's so smart. Good for them. Make a movie for dumb people like me. Okay? <laughs> I don't get it. I think that it was, uh, for the narrative, I thought it was important in that I'm always a little bit queasy when it's a love story and one of the characters is like 17. <laughs> and you're like, oh boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but what's the uh, age gap? 24 and 17. 24, 17. So it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's, you know, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Uh, but I, I think that this, it was a point of uh, kind of showing that Elio is in some ways more mature than and in other ways not as mature. Mm-hmm. I, thought it was, I thought it was good. Ellie Belly. <laughs> this is dad, so you know, calls him. Oh man, the parents. I parents. love the, I love these parents. They uh they kind of drag him out and make him play. The the previous song we heard, they made him play in front of company. Have uh have your parents ever made you do that, Nick? When I was in high school and they had friends over, I you know, they'd be like, uh, come out and play your arrangement of uh, come together and I was like, eh, all right. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired. Yeah. Mom. Same ah. thing. I was like, oh, I gotta go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is when um, Elio was Elio was uh, journaling about his um, interaction with Oliver. Like, does he? What does he want from me? What do you? Uh, it's classic teenage angst, just journaling. <laughs> I kind of one thing that I love about this movie is that Oliver is 
We just say that so that he's he's come to Italy as like a part of some sort of academic uh, summer abroad or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some sort of I don't know if it's a fellowship. It must be some sort yeah, of I fellowship. Guess, yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, Elia's dad is like a professor at a college, and it's like yeah, yeah. he's going to study with him for like six weeks. So Elia's family is they are you know part American, part French, and then they have this um, vacation home in northern Italy. So Oliver. Even though he is, you know, an academic and obviously like a worldly person, it is like 1983 and he's American. So he's also kind of a dickhead, yeah. <laughs> which I appreciate. Like he shows up and he's like, the later, bro. Yeah. yeah. Can I borrow your bike? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go swimming, bro. Yeah. <laughs> we have that water, dude. Thanks. <laughs> this is like downing eggs. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty gross. Yeah, well, dude, dude like couldn't open the egg right and everyone's laughing at him <laughs> yeah like, he like smashes a uh, hard-boiled egg i think it was a joke and that his not only it's like he was a little unrefined but also his manners just like oh here's an egg i'm just gonna fucking shove this thing in my mouth you're like what are yeah. you doing <laughs> he's like chugging juice <laughs> army hammer man i kind of i feel bad or maybe it's a good thing but uh I remember he was cast. They wanted the Lone Ranger to become a big franchise. Yeah. The Gore Verbinski. And then uh, they, they like wrapped it into Pirates of the Caribbean somehow. Well, which that I never was the knew. thing is that so Pirates of the Caribbean was a franchise that uh, obviously it was the Johnny Depp franchise that went a little bit too long. And then they were like, how do we freshen this up? And so it was like all the same producers, directors, and they were just like, we're going to do Lone Ranger. It's going to be basically the same fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, but instead of pirates, it's going to be cowboys. And we're going to bring in Army Hammer to be the Lone Ranger, even though it's a Johnny Depp as Tano movie. And nobody cared. And then they like went straight back to pirates after that. Yeah, I, don't, mm. I don't know if it was a jealousy thing on my part. Um, Army <laughs> Hammer. <laughs> yeah. um, but I always... I thought he was given so many chances in Hollywood and it like pissed me off because like the Lone Ranger was like a colossal bomb. And then he was in like the man from uncle, which I was like that movie. Well, it, but it, didn't it, do well. it bombed and it cost like, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to make. Cause it was a big like spy. Action He's probably thing. bankrolling everything. He is the heir to the, the Arm and Hammer, Hammer fortune. Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I got beef with that dude. <laughs> He should probably just uh, marry uh, Rooney Mara and they should start their own movie like yeah. studio. <laughs> Wait, is she, is she the heiress to something? What is she the heiress to? To the, the Rooney and the Mara fortunes, the owners of the Steelers and the and the New York Giants. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, okay. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. All right, Rooney. <laughs> How about some of track seven? Please. Giorgio Moroder and Joe Esposito with Lady, Lady, Lady. Dancing behind masks just a subtle pantomime But images reveal Whatever lonely hearts can hide is uh weirdly not the first time we've had this song on the podcast <laughs> flash dance what are you talking about flash dance episode yeah yeah baby. famously an original track off of the flash dance soundtrack mm-hmm. um <laughs> it must have i didn't even pull up the dates but uh would've obviously just yeah, yeah, yeah it would have been a movie that had just come out and a huge soundtrack and this is playing in some sort of outdoor small italian disco 
and they I think they trans they transition from this into the psychedelic first song that we'll yeah. talk about later. This mm-hmm. is when Army Hammer's making out with somebody on the dance floor. Yeah. All, uh, the, all the girls were like, God, I wish I was her. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally I'll talk about this more later, but uh you know, there there's kind of become a thing about the song of the summer and uh I think it's probably been a few years since there's you, I've really had that feeling of like hearing. I think it was Carly yeah, Rae Jepsen's say, song. Call Me Maybe. Call Me Maybe. I remember when that song came out. And Working I remember title for this film. Just <laughs> hearing it everywhere. Wait, Get Lucky also kind of had that too. But yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. was that, maybe that was after. But yeah, there's been those summers where it's like the thing where you literally walk from room to room and different places are playing the exact same fucking song. Mm-hmm. And in the 80s, it used to be the entire world or like a huge, a huge chunk of the world is playing like one song. And uh, for this summer, you know, this weird song off of fucking Flashdance soundtrack was that song. Yeah, just everywhere. Uh, which is, I should say, this is not a good song in my opinion. Oh, come on. Uh, but then also that the Psychedelic Furs song was like another like song in the mm-hmm. summer type of thing, which I think is like a real jam. Yeah, Joe Esposito's also had a song in Karate Kid soundtrack, yeah, which is one we should definitely do. Around. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Joe Esposito, not to be confused with the author Joe Esposito, who was uh, Elvis's road manager for many years. <laughs> this is Joe Esposito, the singer. Yeah, just just to clarify. Everybody. Yeah, just to clarify. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, dude, you you guys should watch the um, the music video for this. Is classic like bad um, films in an afternoon music video. Just like. It's, there's a woman peering through blinds, <laughs> and she's watching Joe Esposito singing this. Like in like, the rain? Yeah, it's like kind of just like weird fake city backdrop, mm-hmm. and he's just in a foggy like place singing this. <laughs> and then it just cuts, and they're dancing together. But it's like, you know, akin to the, uh, I think, the Gloria song, which like they just rented out a warehouse for like three hours <laughs> and put a disco ball in there. I mean, it's the most low-budget stuff, but Joe doesn't look great like he looks kind of it's a little you know face like a catcher's mitt <laughs> i love uh georgia Moroder, but do you guys do you guys like this song like like it like it i can't tell anymore i always thought that uh, like maniac is is the jam off of off of that soundtrack yeah yeah and this is like Michael, one of those no. this kind of reminds me of i can't i kind of can't believe that this song got recorded it's kind of ridiculous well like when i was a kid there were the big hits of like uh you know for the the Three Musketeers soundtrack, there was that song that was uh, Rod Stewart and Brian Adams and Sting. And there was like a... Yeah, just like insanity. There was like these big ballads that were like huge hits. And then like w- like a couple of years later, you listen to it and you're like, oh yeah, that's like, why was that a hit? And this reminds me of like a bad version of that. Like uh, a, a, a movie can really propel a song beyond like where it should be. <laughs> Um, but also probably a dearth of like other, but it, I mean, one thing about this movie, it makes me realize like, oh yeah, like, ah, oh, these poor like kids in fucking, I mean, not poor, poor, but these, these men, unfortunate, these unfortunate kids in Northern Italy are listening to the same bullshit as like the people in Pittsburgh that one yeah. summer. <laughs> Very true. Ah, the death of shared experience. Yeah. Is it supposed to be a love song? It's like lady, lady, yeah. lady, lady. <laughs> Hey, lady! There's a song by Styx, 73, called Lady. It's Lady in Red. Mm-hmm. All those... Yeah, just to call a woman a lady. <laughs> My lady! <laughs> oh, he's so, so sweet, Joe Esposito. <laughs> Joe Esposito, you've won my heart. 
Call me lady again. <laughs> All right, Nikki, what do we got next? We've got track number eight. This is Andre Laplante with Un Barque sur la Chion. Andre Laplante. That was a piece that was originally written by Maurice Ravel, the uh, French composer from the late 1800s, early 1900s. He's probably most famous for his bolero composition that a lot of people have done versions of. And uh, a lot of his pieces are extremely difficult to play. And I don't know if that's because, uh, you know, he kind of maybe had that rock mon enough. He just had these massive hands. <laughs> big mitts. <laughs> yeah, big catcher's mitts, man. Like rock mon enough. I think most people on a piano can comfortably reach about the interval of a ninth. And rock mon enough could reach like a 13th. Nice. So, if, you know, you have to, it's the kind of thing, maybe you have to get two people together to like <laughs> play some of the parts. But um, yeah, I love that music. Love the, uh, love that track. It's pretty good. For some reason, it reminds me of uh, the Ocean's Eleven soundtrack. I don't know if they actually use Ravel or if it's just stuff that's cribbing it. But Embarque mm-hmm. sur l'ocean means a small boat of the ocean. So oh, maybe. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, this is playing uh, when Elio kind of admits his feelings around that. One of the most gorgeous shots of the movie where it's it's all one take, kind of admits his things and in so many words. You know, he says it without saying it, and then Oliver's like, hang on, I'm going to be right back. <laughs> he like runs into the little CVS or whatever the heck, the pharmacy, and then comes out. And, but it's all a continuous shot around that big monument. That World War uh, One monument. Yeah, the yeah. Battle of uh, Piav. Mm-hmm. And what was the story behind the World War One? It was like the most terrible battle in World War One. It was like the most casualties. It was like one hundred seventy thousand casualties. Yeah. And then uh, you know Oliver's like, "Do you just know everything?" I kind of like uh, Oliver's response to a lot of this. You can kind of he's like, "Well, it's eighties, and you're like seventeen, and also I'm in this country, staying at your parents. I don't know. I should probably just his inner uh, monologue is saying it's the eighties. It's like, well, what is it, nineteen eighty three or something? Things aren't going great. I'd say <laughs> Oliver uh, lucked out huge with um, oh the folks. Elio's parents yeah. being the coolest parents of all time. <laughs> oh, like, Elio lucked out huge. Dude. Well, like, oh my okay. god, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, the, the right. parents are the fucking coolest people in the world. Yeah, yeah, man. But like, I mean, that could have gone <laughs> so poorly. For, you're like, well, let me just tell the college that you work at. <laughs> like, you decided to bang my son. Uh, I don't know. You figure that one out. I'm just gonna say what you did. It's up to them to see how they decide how to act with you. you know what yeah. I mean? like, <laughs> Art history is a steamy affair. Yeah. Not really. It's all, those, point. all those Greek <laughs> sinewy statues, you know, you can't look at those for too long without a warp in your brain. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's like the scene where the dad is like showing uh, Oliver slides. Yeah. And it's he's, a, and it's he's the like, same scene from uh, from Red Dragon. Where it's, uh, <laughs> oh, God. Ray yeah. Fiends. Do you see? No. Do you see? <laughs> do you see? <laughs> sinewy muscles. Do you see? Yeah, it? Yeah. Look at the buttocks. <laughs> the shape of this buttocks perhaps reflects. Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, Army Hammer is yeah. like taped down to the wheelchair. <laughs> 
see? Do you see what I become? Do you see? His <laughs> father's a real monster. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's so insane. Uh, all right, Nikki, what do we got next? Coming in on track number nine, this is Sufjan Stevens with Feudal Devices, Doveman Remix. It's been a long, long time since I've memorized your face. It's been four hours now since I've wandered through your place And when I sleep on your couch I feel very safe And when you bring the blankets I cover up my face I do Sufjan Stevens. I should say, I love Sufjan Stevens. Um, this, I think, was a pre-existing track that uh, was changed for changed by Doveman for this. Um, Classic Doveman remix. <laughs> I think besides the score that's kind of um, like flowing over this movie, this is the first song that's not diegetically used. This is playing when he's waiting for Oliver. Oliver just kind of doesn't show up. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, Sufjan Stevens, lately, he recently came out with a new album. And uh, my mom actually, she <laughs> woke up one morning, my mom texted me. She texted me this, this article about how people were really liking Sufjan Stevens' new album. And I was like, oh yeah, it's like, my mom, she, she like surprises me a lot with her music taste. I was like, oh, my mom's hip. And then I was like, oh yeah, I heard it was great. And she's like, oh yeah, I used to listen to him when I was younger. And I was like, what? And so I started, I was like, uh, oh, Cat Stevens. And I was like, I was so. like, uh, <laughs> are you, because I, I think Sufjan Stevens is around my age. She was like, oh, and it turned out, yeah, she was thinking of Cat Stevens, <laughs> who now goes by the name Yusuf Islam. Yeah. And then I was like, and then he changed it to Sufjan after that. <laughs> I was like, I was <laughs> like, how? I was like, that makes more sense than I ever thought. And I was like, now I can't get out of my mind that there's Sufjan Stevens and Yusuf Stevens. And I was like, yeah, yeah. How does, how is that not a huge object of yeah, like, misunderstanding? I mean, it's such an easy thing to, yeah. Be like, Oh, Stevens, I guess he, and he changed his name. Yusuf. Yes. yes, 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 like, yes. <laughs> Sounds kind of the same. Yeah. Maybe yeah, a little bit. Yeah. They're all, you know, this is the natural progression of what Yusuf Stevens would probably end up. Uh-huh. Honestly, it reminded me of the uh, the Rachel Aniston thing. <laughs> it's like no, Rachel it's like, Jennifer ah, Rachel Aniston. Dove Man's Yusuf Stevens. <laughs> Dove Man remix is Cat Stevens. Yeah, is it? Dove Man. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, He's evolved from cat to dove. <laughs> oh man, the Sufjan Stevens tracks in this movie are so good. Getting a little ahead of myself, but this is a great song. Yeah, he was yeah. Uh, he was asked to write one song for this, and he ended up writing two, which is kind of he wrote cool. two and then and contributed they, this one. Mm-hmm. I've always been Sufjan Stevens is great. I remember early on his first record was was the first one the Illinois or the first one was Michigan, the second was Illinois. Yeah, where the, the forty eight missing states? Yeah. That was his <laughs> his project, and. Uh, <laughs> Didn't go well. I was naive at the time. I was naive. I'll, I'll admit to it. He's gonna do it. He came out with Michigan. Give him time. If I remember right, he came out with Michigan. I was like, this is awesome. And then pretty soon Illinois, and I was like, fuck yeah, I'm a, you know Washington or Oregon. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. And then the, and then I think there was like a a second Illinois came mm-hmm. out. I was like, oh okay. And yeah. then there was like a Christmas type album. I was like, oh fuck, this guy's losing it. <laughs> just be way too many albums. I just heard like Willie Nelson on some podcast uh, this week. And I didn't realize he said he has seventy studio albums. Yeah, well, there you go. It's possible. Man, yeah. I mean those those like folk and country guys can just crank them out though, because they're all like 
I'm not going to slag on country and folk, but like they're more basic songs to write, and like you can kind of just turn them around them a little out. quicker. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. It's like the Mountain Goats guys. I mean, they're just very it's one prolific. Guy. Mm-hmm. I still think somebody can do it. They got to start young. Someone pick up the torch <laughs> where Sufjan has left off. <laughs> you can skip Florida though. <laughs> Ooh, I have to edit that part out. <laughs> All right, Nookie, what do we got next? Should we get into track 10? Let's do it. This is Raichi Sakamoto once again with Germination. did the uh donnie darko soundtrack which is an episode i actually like quite a bit if you guys haven't listened to that i yeah. recommend you go back we uh, all like that episode there's a lot of like um not a lot but there's a decent amount of classical and some opera on there and i think i made some jokes about uh feeling like hannibal lecter trying to get into that music because it's like really good but then uh so anyways i was listening to the soundtrack in preparation for this episode and i kind of had the same joke running through my mind because i was like this is like really good but am i the Am I a classical guy? That's like a question you always like. Mm-hmm. Am I a jazz, jazz guy? Am like I a classical, classical guy? guy? Yeah. And I was like thinking, I was like, oh, am I, am I a classical guy? I don't know. Like maybe I could be. And I looked down and I was literally like cutting meat. I was cutting steaks and <laughs> like, like oh, no. I was like cooking dinner. I was like, I'm literally like, this is fucking gross Hannibal Lecter bullshit. I'm like listening to classical <laughs> oh, music. No. Just like <laughs> slicing like thin layers of liver. <laughs> A, so uh, across the street from me, there's a hardware store that I've been to, you know, just moved to a new apartment a couple months ago. So I've been there maybe like 10 times and they're always playing classical music on. And I'm like, this is a pointed thing. Like, you guys, <laughs> come on. Do you guys really want to listen to this? Like the owner? <laughs> maybe he does. Maybe he's a good. Oh, oh. oh my goodness. Breaking news. This just in from Spin Magazine, Todd Rundgren and Rivers Cuomo join forces on new ska song. No. Down with the ship. Oh, no. <laughs> Todd. The song will be on Rundgren's Space Force album. Yeah, Todd Rundgren has teamed up with a Weezer frontman Rivers Cuomo for a new single, Down with the Ship. The duo shared writing and vocal roles on the track, which uh, draws inspiration from uh, reggae and African rhythms. I'm like happy to hear that there's more releases coming out on the Mad Libs label. So let's hear a little. <laughs> Name a 70s artist. Name uh, a musical genre. Toto. Name a 90s artist. Oh, no, like jazz. That's terrifying. <laughs> Smash Mouth. Scott. No. <laughs> this, this is a taste of Down with the Ship. Oh, no. Pirate crew, we be 27 days out on Mogadishu. God is something going wrong. We got red skies at dawn. Can't find the captain and the lifeboat's gone. We're going down with the ship. We're going down, 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 down with the ship. It's all for one and one for all. Yeah, we're going down with the ship. Oh, my. 
my goodness. Uh, a song that, uh, collaboration and song that no one asked for. <laughs> oh, God. What are they we're, doing? We're truly in the apocalyptic times. I'm, I'm torn in that I, I like the uh, kind of the dated sound of it, and it, it would have been the best song on the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack. <laughs> I was going to, I pulled up the. Boom. Why not go up? Boom. Why not go <laughs> down? <laughs> yeah, by Apache Indian while he's driving the, the dogs with the hot dogs in the back. God. But um, yeah. yeah, I think that's like Todd uh, maybe doing the, the low sing part. Oh, you think I, so? I don't, I, don't know. Know. I, don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know what's not. happening. I think Rivers Cuomo's choices are just like increasingly <laughs> questionable. I was, uh, I was like a huge fan of Pinkerton. That's uh, that was the first concert I went to, like as a young adult, and loved that Pinkerton album. And then he Rivers Cuomo famously like quit music to go to Harvard or whatever. He's like, I want to go to school. He's like, I want to go to school. And you're like, okay. School. And then he and then he came back as like a real dumb shit musician. <laughs> yeah. It was bad. Yes. That's not true. That, I mean, that's, yeah, they, yeah. They there's, some, there's some truth. To they that. had some. I were like. Uh, I like some of their later stuff, but uh, not not a ton. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Just, uh, I'm gonna get some hate mail for that, maybe. Like, what what label like is like really on board <laughs> with this direction? Are labels a thing anymore? I don't think anybody cares. I mean, for for artists like them, they are, but I mean, for most people, they're not. Uh, yeah, I don't know if they can even like wrangle their artists at this point. They're just like he, he's gonna do what he's gonna do. I, I think <laughs> you're right. They're just it. like spinning the globe and just throwing darts. <laughs> They're like ska, Todd Rundgren. I mean, Rivers th- Cuomo. That that song will be in a Pepsi commercial. We're gonna like, find no out question. that oh, all no. of these artists have passed away like in the last ten years, and they've just been replaced by some sort of like uh, <laughs> IBM Watson algorithm. <laughs> It's like, give us a Rivers Cuomo song. And it's like, well, we could synergize with the Todd Rundgren bot. <laughs> no. <laughs> Setting ska preference. It's like, oh. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know what's happening. Every, it keeps coming out ska. It's like, well, we're going to have to release one of these things. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, <laughs> well, guys, we are coming up on a break. Oh, we're halfway oh. through. Good uh, reporting there, Nick, by the yeah, way. Yeah, good, <laughs> good news. Good news. Good news. Good news. Bad news is good news. <laughs> Uh, at the end of the episode, we are going to add a song to the track losing Spotify playlist in the honor of uh, Call Me By Your Name. We are going to add one of our favorite telephone songs. Stick with us. Thank you to everyone for listening to the track listing podcast and sticking with us through these crazy times that we live in in 2020. If you haven't already checked out our Instagram, please do. That's at track listing podcast and check out our Twitter. That's at track listing pod. If you enjoy the podcast and you want to tell your friends about it, we'd really appreciate it. Spread the word. Get everybody listening to the track listing podcast. Yeah, and make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow our track listing Spotify playlist on Spotify. You have to say Spotify twice. I didn't Do mean it to again. say it's start go from the beginning. Chris, from the read, beginning? Chris, from read the beginning. what's on the page. I was kind of thinking I'd no, just No, if you could, if you could just read from the page. I'm I'm kind of doing an improv thing here. It's kind of what I do. From the top. So, okay. okay. Uh, Chris is the comedian. Okay, uh, coming in on one. Um and make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and uh, follow our track listing Spotify playlist. And um, I, I'm nervous. You okay. guys are really from the uh, top. We've been here we'll for hours, it, guys. Just do it from the top and do it right this time. Rate and review us on Spotify. <sighs> Chris, you got this. Chris, I don't. If you're gonna do it, do it right. <laughs>
You guys are putting a lot of pressure on me. I'm cracking under the pressure. Just All right, one more time. track listing Can podcast. I just thank the listeners and let's get out of here? Start from the top. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Two, three hundred. Empire. Oh, baby, gonna cry. <laughs> I'm not crying. It's it's sweat. It's sweat from my eyes. <laughs> we better get back to the soundtrack. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Hollywood Fanfare. Uh, it's game time. Welcome back to the Call Me By Your Name soundtrack. But before we get back, I do have a game prepared for us. This is another edition of Rhyme Time. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, for first time listeners, Rhyme Time is three rounds. In each round, there are two clues, and the answer to each clue will rhyme. So I'm looking for two things that rhyme for each round. All are we right. working together? You and me, Caleb? I believe so. Okay. Are you guys ready for round one? We are ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Clue one. This country ballad, originally written in 1959 by Danny Dill and Mary John Wilkin, has been covered by the likes of the band, Johnny Cash, and Dave Matthews Band. Okay. I can't really think of any Dave, Dave Matthews, Matthews, Johnny God. Cash, but... Uh, Ants marching. Let's hear the... Let's hear the <laughs> You're getting warmer. <laughs> let's hear the, the second part. All right, the, clue the two. This 1995 romance film stars Whitney Houston and Angela Bassett and was the directorial debut of Forrest Whitaker. Um, Forrest Whitaker. I want to... Is it Waiting to Exhale? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, waiting to Exhale. Something, something, Waiting to Exhale. Uh... Johnny Cash cover something prevail waiting to exhale are we are we close on guys are getting warm okay so it is okay waiting to exhale. do you guys want a uh, another clue for uh, give us a the clue. first part give us a clue for the first part yeah, yeah, yeah. all right the uh, the song in question is told from the point of view of a man falsely accused of murder ah. and executed <laughs> uh is it the woman in the black veil, veil and waiting to exhale? Or something black veil waiting to exhale. Man in the black veil. You're very close. Um, the black, the long veil. black veil. The long black veil. Waiting to exhale. That is correct. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. That, was, that was all. That was all, Caleb. <laughs> very good. <laughs> I'm too bad at this time. I do like that Johnny Cash song. Dave, you should hear the Dave Matthews version. <laughs> Incredible. It's really good. You guys ready for round two? Superior. I'm not a big Dave guy. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Here's a clue one for round two. This American folk hero is commonly known as the king of the wild frontier. All right. I think I got Davey this one. Crockett. I think it's Davy Crockett. That's yeah, Davy Crockett. King Remember the, the album? Frontier. All right. Well, uh, let's see the uh, second part. Davy. Okay. Davey uh, this alt-rock band formed in 1986 took its name from a Monty Python sketch and is known for songs <laughs> like All I Want, Walk on the Ocean, and Fall Down. Davy you know right? Crockett, something. Davy Davy Crockett towed the wet sprog. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, Very good, gentlemen. That was early '86. I didn't realize yeah, that yeah, was yeah. that long. Jeez, yeah. oh, towed the wet sprocket. Uh, best band <laughs> name ever. <laughs> right in. Good job, guys. And uh, round three. Round three. Clue one. The title of this Bob Dylan song is featured in the lyrics to Hootie and the Blowfishes, Only Want to Be With You, is a tribute to Bob Dylan. Okay. Hmm. 
Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not a big uh, Hootie guy. Um, I don't want to be. I don't. There's so many lyrics in that song that I didn't. Right. Uh, second part. Second part. Part two. This 2006 sci-fi action film involves an ATF agent who travels back in time in an attempt to prevent a domestic terrorist attack that takes place in New Orleans. Okay, is that Minority Report? <laughs> no, 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 no. No. This is the Denzel travels, Denzel Washington. Um, travels back in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That makes, you heard yeah, that yeah, correct. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty wild stuff. <laughs> oh, shit. It's, it's Denzel, not Minority Report, of course not. No, it's Denzel uh, Washington. It was like the... There was just a, in time? No. Ah, oh, fuck. Uh, Vantage point? <laughs> <laughs> what is... Do you have a, an extra clue for the first part? Uh, I do, yes. Okay. This song is the opening track to Bob Dylan's 1975 album, Blood on the Tracks. Oh, I think I have this. Uh, Tangled up in blue deja, deja vu. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Very good. That's my favorite Dylan record. I love that record. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Wait. That, that is the Denzel movie. Yeah, right? that is yeah, Denzel Washington, Val Kilmer. There was the same what? year. There I've was never seen this movie. Yeah, there was a Nicolas Cage movie that came out the same time that kind of had the same thing going on. Uh, they were very confusing. The Knowing or something or or uh, so, yeah. There's two time travel Nicolas Cage movies and we uh, can predict the deja future. vu is much closer to like that uh jake gyllenhaal um oh shit now i'm getting all confused yeah the, that is right Ta- tangled one. up in blue deja vu the lyrics in the hootie and the blowfish song are you know tangled up in blue only want to be with you <laughs> tangled up that's what he's saying that's what he's saying <laughs> well, up in blue. yeah thank you darius <laughs> thank you darius all right thanks for playing guys oh, thank you hey, that was good thanks for putting that, that together was, uh, good. caleb carried that game i was hoping for more rounds that was fun okay. yeah Big bucks tonight. <laughs> Big bucks. Big bucks. Right, we do have to get back to the Call Me By Your Name soundtrack. Okay, let's do it. We are coming back in on track number 11. This is F.R. David with Words. Words don't come easy to me. This is the only way for me to say I love you. Words don't come easy. Oh man, this song gets me. This is from uh, 1982. And I, I feel like if you ever wondered what ELO's Jeff Lynn <laughs> would have sounded like if he was a lesser known, like 80s French disco yeah, well, wannabe. I, I think this was like a European one hit wonder. This is uh, F.R. David. He was a Tunisian born French singer. And the funny thing is that when I was listening to this for the first time, I was like, oh, this sounds so much like Demis Roussos, who was a... Uh, Egyptian-born Greek singer, and I was like, "Yeah, there's some sort of like uh, African-European, like weird, like uh, balladier thing in the water." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, I think, this is playing over the radio at, at some point. In the yeah, movie. this is in the attic uh, when they make love. Uh, I think very close to the uh, the peach or ap- is it an apricot or is it a peach? What's he oh, doing with that? Listeners, right in. What 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 uh, <laughs> what fruit is he defiling? And that's <laughs> yeah. I should say this is this is only the second episode where we've talked about people fucking fruit. <laughs> oh, Jesus. 
I did find this other random tidbit about Fr. David. He tried to form a progressive rock group called um, David Explosion. Oh, nice! But uh, yeah. not not a success. Yeah. He did work with Vangelis for uh, a while, like singing oh, yeah. vocals on some of his albums. But um, yeah, David Explosion never really took off. Shocked. Yeah. Shocked. Um, but I think it's an apricot. Is it an apricot? Okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's a peach, a they make a Listener's big point friend. about apricots earlier in the movie. Uh, it's, okay. an, it's an orchard, but there could be peaches on the apricot orchard. I don't fucking know. Oh, yeah. I'm What's, not a big northern Italy that's guy. That's the whole point of the movie. <laughs> that was man. part of the, the test in the movie when, like, the dad yeah. was like, so, um, as we all know, apricot comes from Greek. Right? <laughs> yeah, he said the Arabic. It's one of those. Or it's like, an Arabic word. Arabic. He, said, yeah, he yeah. says it's an Arabic word, but Which then it's not. But it's like a. It's a test to whether the his you know the academic fellow knows what they're talking about as far as etymology. But it's mm-hmm. also a test of whether somebody's a dickhead enough to like completely like okay. uh, correct their host. I'm gonna have to like, stick my pretty little nose in here. Yeah, this is like this is before smartphones, which it's a it's an impressive time to know something. But it's also I would feel like it would be a much more appropriate time for somebody to be like, oh, is that because. I think that I remember reading maybe that apricot came from, but I could be wrong because uh, who knows anything anymore? <laughs> yeah, <You know? laughs> there's a tactful way to do it, uh, and he doesn't do that. And I, I hate that in movies. You know, like like someone's impressed by somebody else being a dickhead. You know what I mean? They're like oh, nice. The example I use all the time is uh, Wall Street Two: Money Never Sleeps. <laughs> And Shia LaBeouf comes into Josh Brolin's office and he's like, you like motorcycles? And Josh Brolin's like, yeah, yeah, I ride them. And Shia LaBeouf's like, you will never be as good at riding motorcycles as I do. And then like Josh Brolin's like, I like you. (laughs) He's just being an asshole. (laughs) But like somehow people are like, oh, nice, good guy. Anything else on uh, FR David? The song was uh, 1982. Uh, so it's definitely like they do a really good job in the soundtrack about like picking stuff that would be on like Northern Italian radio at in 1983, the summer of 1983. Yeah, I think I read that the the book was set a little bit later, but the the filmmakers wanted to set this in a time, a very like a very specific time in Italy in between because obviously there was like the fascist regime (laughs) but then through like the 60s and then turning in the 70s but then in the 80s there was like the the kind of the ominous influences of uh thatcher and reagan and the cold war Mm -hmm. so they really wanted to have this like a time when people were feeling all right in europe yeah (laughs) and it happened for like five years (laughs) like spain was kind of going to the same thing too because the franco regime was like winding down uh after he died uh, right around the same time and like yeah it would have been an awesome time to be like in a Mediterranean country this is very <laughs> it would very much like I think about like you know it's like oh I might enjoy a movie set in America in like 1993 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh boy <laughs> uh, well Nikki what do we got next we are coming in on track number 12 this is Marco Armani with E La Vita Alberi fra le montagne che rubano al sole il calore che dà Marco Armani, he's recorded several different versions of that song over the years, but in 
1983, he entered the uh, a songwriting competition in San Remo, uh, where he ranked tenth uh, place with this song. <laughs> so many, I should say, a lot of these songs <laughs> out of ten. A yeah, lot, ten a lot out of, of ten these songs with this one. sound like Eurovision hits. Like yeah. that's kind of like uh, maybe yeah. that was just like the early '80s and dude. If all, in Europe, all, yeah, Europe. It all sounds like Eurovision hits until like until like 2006. It was all Eurovision hits because that's everyone tuned in, man. It kind of reminded me a little bit of like uh, the Gary Low kind of like the cheesy disco sound that like yeah. washed out sampled for the uh, intro to Portlandia. Here, like you know, this is kind of like a, a lot of Latin American like balladeering through the 80s and 90s. Kind of sounds like this. Um, it, <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty insane i mean for for that song from Flashdance to to like crack through the top 10 in europe like it's not competing against the best i'm just saying oh, that man. <laughs> uh 1980 what is it 1982 in northern italy i mean it's funny like listening to this i can i can like shit on these songs but uh i gotta reiterate, reiterate a point that i just want to be there <laughs> I just want to be there more than anything. Yeah, I saw someone on Instagram this week that posted uh, some text that said, like, nothing hits the same anymore. I was like, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty, pretty true. Because <laughs> yeah, this would have been just, amazing yeah. at some point in time if you hadn't heard something like that. But it's true. And uh, um, this was during the uh, aforementioned peach scene, <laughs> which I think it's oh. a peach. I think it's a you peach. So? Yeah, yeah. All right. uh, the, they made love in the attic, you know at a different point, but I was, I was mistaken that this was literally during the peach. The parents so. always just let them do their own thing in this house. It's, yeah. it's kind of awesome. Oh God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does not reflect my youth. Not that I had overbearing parents, but nobody wanted to fuck me in the way that people <laughs> want to fuck Elio. Everybody <laughs> wants to fuck that kid. And God, God knows I want to fuck him too. <laughs> Elio? Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Everybody. Hit the, hit the weights, cuz. Everybody <laughs> in this Belly. movie is fucking <laughs> Belly, belly. The kids, the fam, the parents. Body of a bean pole. Come on. The kitchen lady. <laughs> Everybody's just looking great. Yeah. The guy that fixed the bikes. Why yeah. not? I, I will <laughs> say the groundskeeper. Yeah, I'm, I'm in love with the, the fishmonger. <laughs> so I, I watched this. I watched this movie for the first time. For I had never seen it, and I watched it. Oh, really? For this episode. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And. I had heard like, you know, I think my sister told me like, it's just a, like, it's cool that it's like a, you know, gay love story that just like, it, it's not about that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just about a love story yeah. and they do set up all these things. I was like, Oh, that groundskeeper is going to see him. Oh, and he's going to tell the dad and they're just going to like, or like, Ooh, these guys in town are going to beat him up. And like, it never happens. And I'm like, good. <laughs> like, I'm that, glad. Like, that, like, especially the first time I watched it, I think that was the most kind of, um, I don't know if I want to say satisfying or just kind of like the gratifying part of this film is there's like parts when later on in the movie they go on the road trip. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I don't think that in the film they're actually setting it up, but you're just, it's in your mind, like preconceived notions like, oh man, they're like drunk. They're in this town where they don't know anybody. Yeah. And you're kind of like something bad's going to happen. And the fact that it's not even like they, it's a fake out. It's like nothing bad happens. It's just, you know, I mean, bad things happen in the way that, you know, bad thing happens in, in a lot of relationships, but it's not, there's nothing, there's no tragedy. And I think that's like um, kind of revolutionary in a way where like so many, mm-hmm. if you're talking about like uh, Brokeback Mountain or something, you know, it's like you're just like built up for some sort of like struggle and like some sort of arduous, like and this overcoming is, adversity. Yeah. 
We've mm. been talking about the music, but this is a great movie. I fucking love this oh, movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do love the movie. I, I, the film that he made before this, uh, A Bigger Splash, uh, I'm a little bit more partial to, but oh, it's, okay. it's got the same really? kind of aesthetic. Now, who's in A Bigger Splash? You it's uh, Ray Fiennes, Dakota Johnson, and uh, do Til- you see? Tilda Swinton. Do you see? <laughs> <laughs> that is going to haunt my dreams. <laughs> the dad showing the slides. <laughs> Army hammers tied down to the couch. I got to say, it, has, it, has, I have to, uh, it hasn't escaped my notice. I've made like two Sounds of the Lambs uh, <laughs> yeah, you're doing all right, trilogy right? references. Yeah. Really. Yeah, oh, yeah. On my up, mind. Cooped up too long. <laughs> yeah. Look, human flesh doesn't taste as good as you think it's going to taste. Okay? I'll just put that out there. Oh no, he's got the hunger. <laughs> Get the hunger, man. I did watch uh, the Suspiria remake, which I think was the movie he made after this. And mm-hmm. I was not a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan of the, I like the original yeah, better, I think. We saw the original in theaters together. Yeah. yeah. We were that old. We're like uh, yeah. 50 years old. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Opening night. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the original Suspiria, I love the beginning and then it kind of falls off for me. The, the remake was, there's parts that I like. In the remake, have you guys seen the remake? Of- I did oh. see the remake. It's very stylized. You it- haven't seen it? I haven't seen it because I heard it wasn't great. Uh, it's not great. And I just saw, like, it, was, like <laughs> it came out, like, we saw the old one right before. So. It's like the absurdity that that Aronofsky movie Mother had is, like, yeah. kind of it's pretty over the top oh, no. it's pretty crazy they change a lot there's a uh, Tilda Swinton <laughs> one of the characters Tilda Swinton plays one of the main characters yeah. and also Tilda Swinton plays another character who's an old man mm-hmm. and they never turn out to be the same character and they never remark on why Tilda Swinton is playing it's pretty, pretty an old insane. man <laughs> even in the credits I don't think she's credited there's like a fake name mm-hmm. uh <laughs> But I think Tom York did the the soundtrack to the remake, yeah. which yeah, is pretty right. crazy. He did. Spooky uh, stuff. Spooky stuff. Anyways, Nikki, what do we got next? Track 13, Sufjan Stevens again with Mystery of Love. White noise, what an awful sound. Fumbling by rogue river. Feel my feet above the ground. This uh, nominated for best song at the Oscars. Oh, nice! Mm-hmm. It uh, lost to Coco, the song from Coco. I can't remember okay. what it's called. Which called something else. Which is the song should have won. Have you seen Coco? Yeah, I liked <laughs> I liked Coco quite a bit. It's a pretty good song. It's a pretty good song, and it's about family. So <laughs> I, like, I, I would just bite your tongue before you start. I just uh, can imagine the Twitter war that would have started after that. Like, who the fuck is Sufjan Stevens? I remember. Oh, yeah. I I I distinctly remember. I'm not a huge Oscars guy, but I remember the year that uh, that Elliot Smith was nominated for Miss Misery, which was off of the uh, Goodwill Hunting soundtrack. Oh yeah, and he he performed at the Oscars, and it was just. You know, a very uncomfortable white guy with a like acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. and he played Miss Misery, and it was so good. And then fucking Celine Dion came out, <laughs> and there was like a wall of people behind her. It was like a full orchestra. There was yeah. like eighty people. They brought in some sort of like set, a life size Titanic. All these people, and great, was, great job. She was doing the Titanic song, and <laughs> it was so gross. Which is like, I mean, that song is iconic 
but it fucking sucks and the oh, movie sucks and and uh, he's like talking to her before he's like just can you like try to take it easy the, <laughs> a little bit with the titanic song seriously just like the elliot smith me. part i feel like i know that didn't happen but in my mind i can i can imagine them like wheeling him out on a stool and it's like meek, 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 meek. And he's like, <laughs> he like uh this was like I, I kind of I I'm more sympathetic to Celine Dion winning with one of the most iconic movie songs. It wasn't I will say this not really in the movie. It's like an end credit song. Yeah, like fuck true. you, Celine Dion. Anyways, Coco <laughs> won. I like this song. This I think that this song should have won the Oscar. I love this song. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It plays throughout the movie. Um, it's in the trailer. At uh, but yeah, when Oliver leaves on the bus, when they go hiking, all kinds of stuff. Dreamy, Very? dreamy Sufjan. Yeah, it's yeah. so sad. It's so it's so sad and beautiful. And you're mm-hmm. like, I just wish these two handsome men could be together. That's all I want right now. <laughs> Happiness for other people. We might be hearing from uh, our friend Sufjan uh, later on the soundtrack yeah. again. But uh, let's hear a little bit of track 14. This is Franco Battiato with Radio Varsavia. Cittadini attoniti fingevano di non capire niente per aiutare i disertori e chi scappava in occidente Speaking of Mussolini, this is a... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Some spooky, spooky stones. This is uh, pop music sung from a balcony. <laughs> uh, By a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, Battiato is like Italy's, one of Italy's most like popular singer-songwriters. And um, dude has some like wild synth music that exists out there in the world. He's, he's made a lot of different kinds of music over the years. So what oh, is, yeah. Nikki, this weird, um, it's like a synthetic um, orchestra sound the weird it's like oh, a weird it's the uh, it's like the famous like sampled orchestra thing that you would find on like early samplers or keyboards yeah it's, it's just the sound of a bunch of strings doing like a yeah like one yeah, like big staccato stab or something yeah. it's so weird oh yeah <laughs> I've it's heard kind it of scary in this song <laughs> yeah it's almost like a, a karate uh sound effect <laughs> I think Mm -hmm. this uh, of all of the kind of Euro pop that we've encountered in this, this might be my least favorite. Um, This is kind of like an overblown balladeer that it's very dated. And also I'm not getting much of a melody out of his. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think it's overdone, but it's like, I kind of love it in a certain way because (laughs) it's just, it's unbelievable that this like, (laughs) this music got recorded and has so much like um, bravado (laughs) behind it. It's it's stuff it it's so sincere, you know. <laughs> exactly. It's so cheesy, and you're like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe. And I think it helps that it's a different language singing it. Whereas, like, if I if they were speaking English in this, and I heard like these crappy lyrics, I'd be like, all right. But. Yeah, this is this is uh, this is European like fascio pop. <laughs> Maybe at the time people hadn't heard something like that before. They're like. <laughs> Oh my God, Franco! I Batiato, think it, the new Battiato. No, I, like I state produced. Music. I suspect that this, Corporation is the, this is the opposite, in that I think that this probably sounds a lot more like traditional European, like Italian pop. Yeah, just yeah. with like an '80s veneer of some like weird, like uh, 
some weird orchestra like stabs that don't don't make any sense. Yeah, they think maybe adding that stuff in was going to help it help the song appeal to yeah, I think, I think a wider audience. Maybe. I think it's all just um, it's just like edification mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. like a bad bad European crooner music. Uh, we have to get a band. You don't need a band anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Look at what we can do with this little thing. <laughs> Oh, that was great news. <laughs> um, that yeah. was Vangelis talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah bro. Yeah, bro. You a band, man. You don't need one, dude. Um, this is, he flips from um, La Vita. He changes the, the station on the radio to this. And then again, Peach stuff happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is when that song is playing. What is, I remember that there's a scene when, um, I'm not sure which song it is, but uh, when he when his mom brings him back, drives him back from uh, from their trip, mm-hmm. and then they stop in the town. She like runs an errand, and then his like kind of ex girlfriend comes and talks to him. There's a song on the radio, and it's one of these, but I don't think it's this song. I don't believe so. Um, I think we already passed it. Yeah, we probably be, this is like a. I don't think anybody cares. <laughs> All right, Nikki, what do we what do we got next? <laughs> anybody still out there? <laughs> Let's jump into track fifteen. This is the Psychedelic Furs with Love My Way. This definitely would have been a song that was popular uh, in 1983 in uh, northern Italy. Oh, this yeah. is, yeah, the way that it's used in the film, it is definitely the song of the summer thing, where it's, it's uh, I think it's Oliver's favorite song at the time, mm-hmm. and he gets pumped up every time he hears it, which <laughs> yeah. is like oh, really charming to me. And uh, yeah, and they hear it. Through. And it's like, to think of, this is a, obviously a British band, but this, uh, this song would have been huge in America. This song was huge mm-hmm. in because he knew it and then it was big in Italy and it would have been big in France and I don't know I kind of I miss that idea of like because uh, this isn't you know the psychedelic furs they were like more of a punk act and then they got a little bit poppier new wave mm-hmm. but yeah. they never really got bad and the idea yeah. that they would have this breakthrough hit where uh, I would like to think that if I were like Elio's age and that uh, that terrible song from I mean terrible the song from uh, Flashdance came on I'd be like oh god <laughs> And then uh, when Love My Way came on, just be like, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh-huh. You can also catch that song. I think we may have talked about it before in the uh, the Wedding Singer episode. This was yeah. in the Wedding Singer, and uh, you may also remember this from Grand Theft Auto Vice City on Wave One Hundred Three. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> and um, apparently, Chris reminded me Todd Rundgren yeah. had some part in working on this song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He produced it. He uh, produced it. That's uh, that's what I read but, uh, <laughs> when we were listening to the uh, far <laughs> inferior song <laughs> by Todd Rundgren and Rivers, Rivers Cuomo, Cuomo earlier. I was like, "Oh right, uh, is it a bad time to mention that he's he's also on like maybe the best song on this soundtrack?" <laughs> I'm reading here that apparently Todd Rundgren plays the marimba. Ah, on of course. Oh, the, dum, 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 yeah, which dum, like dum, dum. I wonder how that went down in the studio. He was like. 
guys, this needs marimba. <laughs> Psychedelic furs are like, Todd, my man. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? You do you, Todd. Sounds great. I think it could use some marimba. You're like, what? Can I show you? Can I show you? <laughs> this guy can play marimba? Marimba was the glockenspiel of the mid-80s, early mid-80s. Oh, yeah. Thompson Twins. It sounds great, man. Do this song... Perfect song. Perfect song. Uh, I love it in the movie. I love how it's used multiple times. Uh, later in the movie, where we kind of are at in the chronology of the soundtrack, mm-hmm. they're like um, the two of them are on vacation in in some of like a, a little bit of a larger Italian town, but they're just like blackout drunk, running around town, and they run into like three kind of gothy euros that are playing it in their car stereo. Yeah, that's right. And Oliver just wants to dance with a girl like, who's Can like, I "Dance with your wife, man!" <laughs> but she's like. <laughs> kind of hilariously down just like stone face just like dancing I don't know, it's, a, it's one of the better parts and uh richard butler was talking about in a like an 83 um article in cream magazine they're like what's the song about and he was like it's uh it's about people being confused about their sexuality which i never knew until i researched Ooh. it for this so it, it makes sense that they used it oh. in this love my way and if you look at some of the lyrics it's about like nice. it's like yeah it was for uh for gay people so you know there you go <laughs> Very nice. So yeah, it makes sense. It's beautiful. When you listen to some of the lyrics. Yeah, this uh, being included on the Call Me By Your Name soundtrack definitely helped repopularize it and uh, gave it a big bump on Spotify numbers when mm. it came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the the first thing you hear it when you see Oliver, like really, because he's like, he's like getting sexy with a lady when they're listening to that, uh, yeah. the song from Flashdance. And then the, uh, the Italian DJ <laughs> hilariously like tries, to, he makes like kind of a semi smooth transition and this comes in. Oh and yeah. He's he's like, like, Out of my way. Drunk. And Oliver's yeah. just like, get back bitch. And he's just like, oh, oh it's my jam. <laughs> he's like, yeah. So, There's a lot of sneaker close ups on yeah. that dance floor. Which I thought was this, cool. uh, it's got those canvas high tops. Yeah. yeah. It's my jam. It's right. uh, James Corden, uh, I guess Army Hammer was on James Corden. He was, um, talking about dancing to this and they're like oh that famous dance scene and he was like army hammer was like yeah what you don't understand is we do that to no music and <laughs> so tell. he's like i'm dancing for out he was like i was so much more uncomfortable during that scene <laughs> than any other scene in this movie and there's like some pretty you know intense scenes and i had to dance for hours to no music and just like i'm sweating and like i'm not a good dancer <laughs> they're like okay keep going <laughs> And like, you wonder why they just wouldn't play the song on set. I, uh, I mean, know. I think they might be recording like uh, like local ambient like sound, ambient sound, or people thing, have dialogue, and maybe just find time to do it. Yeah. So awkward. We got to get some small headphones in there. Yeah, yeah. silent disco. Yeah. <laughs> Put an earpod in the AirPod. Whatever. Um, should we hear some of track 16? Let's hear it. it. This is Valeria Servansky and Ronald Cavai with Le Jardin Ferique. It's a uh, Hungarian pianist and uh, Ronald Kvai, uh, British pianist, uh, doing, um, it feels weird saying cover for classical music. Yes. So, yeah, doing a cover of a... like a, a Ravel piece. <laughs> it's how Bach would have played it. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's how Litz. <laughs> 
I, I did want to say at one point, I, I haven't actually talked about him at all, but one of my favorite performances in the film is Michael Stolberg mm-hmm. as the father. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, he's so good. This is playing when, he, when he's talking about... Yeah. Um, this is... Um, how he knows. He knows everything. Oh, my God. I mean, both parents are are kind of, first of all, so cool and also kind of written and acted so well it's, like, believable, even though they're... I mean, I don't know. Uh, but Michael Stahlberg, I, I remember seen him for the first time or noticing him for the first time in the Coen Brothers film A Serious, Serious Man, Man. he's so good I love I, well, yeah. I love that movie one of my favorite movies for and sure and then he had a recurring role in Boardwalk Empire that I remember kind of like oh yeah that's the same guy that's, that's crazy because it doesn't seem and he's, he's become one of those guys he's like one of those like that guy where it's like oh it's that guy and then he's like he's a great part of everything mm-hmm. he's in there's a movie called Pawn Sacrifice, which is about uh, Bobby Fischer. The um, Toby Maguire plays Bobby Fischer, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, uh, Stahlberg. 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 So, yeah, uh, it's whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Stahlberg plays a bit of like a bumbling CIA guy. Like he's, yeah. a, he's a bit of a, a, a men in black sort of suit that sort of appears. All right. Well. Uh, it's funny you say that because I <laughs> looked back and I was like, oh yeah, he's like the weird autistic alien in Men in Black 3 with the Pitbull song. I do have one other thing about the uh, the Ravel uh, piece that we just heard. Yeah, give it um, to us. Yeah, Ravel was a contemporary with Satie, who we, Eric Satie, who we heard uh, a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. And at the time, you know, this is like, late 1800s, early 1900s, they were both uh, labeled as impressionists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they weren't really doing like a kind of doing their own thing. And they both like hated that term. They were like, no, man, that's just a label, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't like labels, you can't box, bro. don't box us in, bro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess we'll probably never talk about Eric Satie on the um, podcast again, but just maybe one of the, the fathers of like modern music. And he's like, yeah, oh, maybe yeah. we don't need to have like 15 minute songs. Yeah. His, <laughs> like, if you go back and that? listen yeah. to like some of his pieces, the, uh, Gymnopity or yeah, Gymnopity, Gymnopity, excuse me. Um, yeah, his, like his use of harmony is, uh, you know, he's using like major seven chords, which like you hadn't really heard before in that type of music mm-hmm. and like jazz voicings, which was not typical of that kind of compositional music at the time. Yeah. But it, some of his pieces sound just as modern now, you know, yeah. they still hold up. They still sound super fresh and original and cool. I feel like, um, so I recently turned 39 and, uh, I feel like a little bit like I'm at like I'm I'm a huge music guy obviously and I'm at a little bit of a fork in the road and like am I going to become a weird classical music guy or a weird jazz guy there's <laughs> Just even like take a the leap. there's even a weirder like backwards turn into the blues Oh no don't or don't, I could become a weird like poptimist where I'm really into like what's happening now and kids are like what? You can you can all like you can like, like bad all, options. <laughs> you can like all those kinds You're of young. music. You don't have to do. You have to make this choice. Yet, you don't have to pick one. You can like all those kinds no, of music. Trust me, you got to pick one. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of leaning towards jazz. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's not bad. All right, Nikki, what do we have next? We are coming in on the last track. This is track 17. This is Sufjan Stevens taking us home with visions of Gideon. Is it a video? Is it a video? 
is so good. So this is the track that closes out. Elio gets the news that Oliver is getting married. And this is, uh, so this is now Christmas vacation because they're back at the Italian vacation home. And mm-hmm. uh, Elio has like kind of awesomely, appro- he's like gone into like a Mark Almond like new wave phase. Yeah. <laughs> his, his look is like so fly. Yeah. At the end of this movie. It's like, I mean, when, when I was talking earlier yeah. where it's like the 2020s version of the 1980s, but he looks fucking sick yeah. as like the lead singer of Soft Cell. <laughs> yeah. He's got the eyeliner. He's got like the, like the drawn print shirt. Comes in and gets some bad news and he just fucking stares into the fire and cries. <laughs> and it's so cool. Yeah. And the credits just like play over him crying, which is also like kind of a device that I hadn't really seen before yeah. in a movie, which yeah. is really cool. Really set like, um, I think at the end of Michael Clayton, George Clooney's in a cab and it just kind of plays for like four minutes mm-hmm. of him just like staring off into nothing. And, oh, okay. and, and if I hadn't had just seen that, I would have said, <laughs> <laughs> that's very fair. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. <laughs> no, but excellent um, reporting. But uh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're so right though. Just like it works really well. You know, he's acting and staring and crying for like five, six minutes. Well, you know? I mean, it's one of those, it's a credit to the film where it's a movie where you're kind of expecting kind of a tragedy and it's not a tragedy. Mm-hmm. It's a love story. It's a coming of age story with a sad ending, uh, but it doesn't seem any less sad. Yeah. You know, the fact that it's like, just like a real story and at the end comes to this kind of like inevitable sad conclusion, but also you're just kind of happy because Emilio or Elio has like a, he's kind of obviously found himself more. Mm-hmm. Because he has fucking sick, cool parents. Sick threads. Sick threads. With a lot of money and like some sick fucking vacation spot. Yeah, it's like archaeologists, they do that well. Well, they, they make references that the mother inherited the property. Yeah, oh, she's just okay. like an aristocrat yeah. as well. I, I think. Gonna, she looks like royalty or something. Yeah, if you like, have your own fishmonger... <laughs> Yeah, and bicycle repairman. Live-in fishmonger. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. It's pretty amazing. Elio has, has no accent when he speaks English, and yet they live in probably Paris, and this is their vacation spot in Italy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. No royalty. Oh, God, I just want it. I just want oh, it man. all. Well, what you don't see is, so there's, um, there's a possible sequel to this movie. I think there was a written sequel, correct? Yeah, I believe that there is a book sequel and that there's supposedly a film sequel in the works. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, different sort of tone, apparently. But uh, mm-hmm. Elio really gets into the cure. Um, this breakup, like, you know, he it sends him in a weird path. And then he gets into, like, that 80s goth club kid scene. Okay. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, there is supposed to be a sequel. Yeah, no, I know that. Yeah, yeah there is a sequel. But he's, I don't I know if he's, like, gonna, a, be like, he's like a Morrissey guy. <laughs> he's just really, he's somebody that cool. kills Oliver and then it becomes, like, a revenge thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want to find that Talking Heads t-shirt that he has yeah, in the movie. I know. It's, it's so It's really good. great. Yeah, yeah. That's the th- thing. It's, like, when you, when you know... When you're setting a movie in the 80s, you can make everybody look like they're fucking cool. Yeah. But it really, it, and honestly, it would, it would have been a Thompson Twins t-shirt. Yeah. Whoever was the costume designer for this movie, fantastic work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guys, that is the soundtrack. Hey! Great stuff. All 17 tracks. Thank you to Sufjan for taking us home. We are going to have to review. Yeah, out of, uh, out of 15 uh, violated apricots. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Chris, you got to lead off. It's a peach. No, I'm just kidding. It's a peach. Um, that's what I'm upset Nobody about. Nobody knows. No.
I thought I thought this was a fantastic, um, fantastic soundtrack. I think the whole vibe is is fairly similar. You know, we we haven't gotten a lot of classical music on here that wasn't score, so it was it was nice to sort of hear that um, on a soundtrack. I got to give this a pretty high rating, guys. <laughs> I feel like that's right. becoming my catchphrase. Take I, I got to give this a high rating, guys. Uh, I'm gonna give this a thirteen point nine. I thought it was Very really good. good. I really enjoyed good. it. Enjoyed the movie. Oh, that's a lot of. Uh apricots just covered in whatever yeah i don't want to whatever hey. jesus Christ. ew gross <laughs> that scene right. yeah what if army hammer was like what the f- <laughs> sick you're sick ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, aren't you seven ah oh, this this kid this teenager <laughs> all right nikki what do you think out of 15 uh i think the soundtrack is great the mix of compositional music popular songs from the time period uh like blends surprisingly well together like you might think that hearing a you know a piece by Ravel and then hearing lady 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 would be <laughs> maybe more jarring than it actually is but uh it all blends really well together uh all the songs in order chris's favorite mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um yeah Great movie, great soundtrack. I'm going to have to give this also a very high rating. Uh, I'm going to come in at a 14.5. Wow. Near near perfect score. This is a soundtrack that I listen to like semi-regularly. All right. Um, I will say this is a movie that I love the first time I watched it and I found like just as pleasant the second time. Uh, This is a great soundtrack. A lot of classical music that I don't feel like entirely equipped to to uh, review, good or bad. Uh, I think we're we might be giving a pass on some of these Euro hits. (laughs) I think that they're charming to us because we're American. We're like that's uh, that's interesting. But if uh, God knows if we grew up in France or Italy, we would oh that fucking terrible song. No man, the the (laughs) disco the disco's greener on the other side. (laughs) they're not uh, yeah, I like the fair point yeah I like the uh, the one with the rapping what is it the Paris Latino or whatever oh so good uh, that song is <laughs> that song is good even even though it has bad parts um, yeah. the, the song from uh, the song from Flashdance <laughs> I never like that song lady 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 <laughs> I still I'll say it again I cannot believe that that song has was uh, was made you guys yeah. got you guys got something on Joe Esposito <laughs> He's got something on Joe Esposito, uh, and I'm sick of it. It's bananas. It. It. I mean, it's it's hilarious that it's in the movie. It's hilarious that it's in the movie. And it makes perfect sense, and I love it. Uh, we're we're going to do Karate Kid soon, and I don't want you talking any shit about my guy. I think that my if, man. if this soundtrack were done to my liking, I think that that Psychedelic Furs song would be in it like three times. I, I like the fact that it's repeated in the movie. I wish that it was just all over the soundtrack. Uh, I like the soundtrack I like quite a bit. I'll give it a 12. 12.5. All right. All right. All right. Is this the first time we've all been above a uh, 10 no. in harmony? <laughs> That's not true at all. Uh, Who can say? Before we go, we do have to add a song to the Tracklist and Spotify playlist. This week, we were adding our favorite telephone song, a little bit of a play on words on the Call Me By Your Name soundtrack. And if you guys don't mind, I'll go first. Please. So my song, it's funny. I've been thinking about, I kind of hate talking on the telephone generally. But as I'm sure everybody to some degree is experiencing, we're all been kind of isolated from each other. And I've actually been talking on the phone a lot more recently. You don't pick up my calls, though. Well, I don't have to talk to you guys because I see you guys (laughs) once a week. That's enough for me. No, uh, 
<laughs> I should also I should include this with an apology for anybody uh, friends and family that I haven't talked on the phone with. But uh, I've been talking a lot on the phone, and it's a way uh, to connect to people. It's a way to uh, to talk to the people you love in a way that I haven't thought about in a long time. And I think the song that I picked reflects some of that. It's from 1971. An artist uh, that we've actually I think Nick has recommended to the playlist before, uh, Lobby Seafray. This is a song that he's done called Bless the Telephone. It's nice to hear you say hello And how are things with you? I love you But very soon it's time to go And off this job to do While I'm here writing songs for you Strange how a phone call can change your day Take you away Away from the feeling of being alone Bless the telephone So just a very sweet song about talking on the telephone. Mom, I love you. I've, I love I've, you, Mom. I've heard that yeah, song huh? before. It's very sweet. Thank you, Caleb. Yeah. Um, I love you too, Nick. I've heard that before. <laughs> um, I remember the first time I heard Lobby Seafray was uh, because of the M&M. sample to the Eminem song. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is a great like disco track of his. Yeah. My name. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a funk break in the middle of like an eight minute epic song. Yeah. And um, I checked out, I was like, you know, what does the rest of his music sound like? And I found that and I was like, oh, whoa, this oh, is yeah, a way lot of it's, A lot of it's yeah. very, it's like folky. very simple, folky. Uh, one of his songs was turned into a big hit by, I think maybe Madness. I don't know. It's like mm-hmm. a two tone group, but uh, yeah. Lobby Seafray. My name is. Great song. A very yeah. kind of a naive, um, a naive love song that I like quite a bit. Who wants I, to go next? Chris, take it. All right. I've got a 1987 song uh, called Call Me by a, uh, an Italian singer-songwriter named uh, Sometimes Spagna or Ivana Spagna. Oh. So let's, uh, let's take a listen to that. Don't, don't leave me on my own. Very good. Sorry, it faded out a little. My bad. My bad. That was that was my Chris, doing. Chris, we talked about your DJ skills. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, was, uh, I think I actually found that song on an Italo disco playlist that one of you made. I can't remember. Maybe you, Nick. I don't think it was me. I feel I think like I've heard that song before. I, I think we uh, former guest on the on the podcast, Carolyn Page, was having mm-hmm. a party. And that song came on. I was like, "Who's playing this? Who's playing this? <laughs> this you? This you?" And I think it was. I think it was you, Nick. Uh, it's been I think a you're while. There. But um, before times. But uh, I, I'm a huge fan of Italo disco. Having said that, I would say 50 percent of it is unlistenable to me <laughs> at times. But um, I, I kind of, um, you know, in the headspace of Northern Italy in the 80s, I thought this would go uh, well with our. With our recommended tracks, and it's about Very nice. Call Me. Uh, great music videos to this. There's like nine of them. <laughs> uh, like but Beyonce style. Yeah. Spain, yeah. She's got this crazy bluish, like, you know, punk hair. It's great. But yeah, great jam. Love that song. All right, nice. Nikki, what do you got for us? I've got a track from 1986. This is by 
the duo new shoes. This is Lost Your Number. that number ricky don't lose that number <laughs> don't lose that number i think is that off the same uh, album as i can't wait yes yeah, yeah. i can't wait was uh repopularized um, it was featured on I the soundtrack wait. to uh, tropic thunder mm-hmm. yeah new shoes is awesome yeah new, i, new I play that record awesome. i have a, another I have one of those of like album. boy meets girl style 80s couple duos yeah, yeah. that just turned out the hits <laughs> i gotta say i feel like all of us were kind of uh had the elo telephone line in the back of our pocket and we were just nervously looking at each other thinking somebody else we was can gonna collect, play it. we can play that and collectively recommend it <laughs> there's a ton of songs about the phone uh, I, I thought you were gonna do because we were we try not to pick the same song and, yeah. and uh, nick was like well mine starts with an n like the band name, and I was I thought for sure it was gonna be New Edition, uh, Mr. Telephone. Oh, man. oh see, I'm nice. the new Jack guy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, that's right stuff, but, uh, yeah. Uh, if you guys haven't heard Telephone Line by Yolo, we don't have to play it. You guys, that's a pretty popular song. Mr. Telephone Man is maybe the funniest uh, song. <laughs> oh, Mr. It's, Telephone Man. Yeah. It's New Edition, and it's like there's something <laughs> wrong. They're, they're calling up the Telephone Man. Because there's something wrong with his line. Because when he calls his baby, he hears a click every time. <laughs> and it's like, surely this girl, like, she likes me. I'm positive. It's got to be something wrong with the phone. <laughs> I, re- I honestly thought about it, but I couldn't find, like, a great version of it. Yeah. But, uh, I thought about uh, Jim Croce, Operator. That's a pretty good. Oh, yeah. Or Smooth right Operator. Uh, Ooh. The guy that wrote, uh, Rupert Holmes, who wrote the Pina Colada song. He's got, like... <laughs> All Some telephone answering, answering machine songs like I'm just an answering machine. But beep, beep, boop, boop, beep, beep, beep. I think Craftwork uh, has a track called like the telephone yeah. or like the telephone song. Hey guys, find hey. us on Instagram or tw- or Twitter if you want to let us know of any telephone, telephone songs that we songs. haven't mentioned. We got a million of them. <laughs> so we're excited about that. That's at Track Listing Podcast on Instagram. Yeah, and uh, thanks for listening to the Call Me by Your Name soundtrack with us yeah great pick nick that's good great pick thanks guys uh tune in next week for a special halloween edition Spooky. <laughs> all right we love you guys thanks for listening stay safe we love you we'll see you next week 